welcome to another episode of the Jumping the Rail podcast. This is Mark Rebin, coming from Champaign, Illinois, and as usual, joined by my buddies Menders and Gary. Menders, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, not bad. <laughs> Gary, the beard looks great as always. Yeah, it's going to get trimmed up. But, you yeah. know. Hey, speaking, speaking of that, Gary, did you know that you have a t-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com now? I I didn't know if it was on pro wrestling. I saw that you put one up there. Oh yeah, it's uh, there it is. <laughs> I couldn't get a lot of silver in the beard, but I figured you'd appreciate just going with the jet black. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are three, two or three people that know what's going on with it. But... Oh, I, I would imagine. But, but yep, yeah, there's you right there. Gary says it's a work because he usually does. Ugh. So, a lot to talk about after this past weekend. Uh, oh, boy. As... <laughs> Our buddies in the chat. Is that you know who? Oh, it's Jesse Reigns. How's it going, uh-huh. buddy? <laughs> For those that don't know, Jesse Reigns is one of the up-and-coming stars of Zero One USA. So, good to have him in there. And, uh, yeah, so we have uh, a lot of AEW to talk about today. Plus, we got a couple other... Uh, Cool things, Hall of Fame, Top Ten Tuesday, plus something else that I've got cooking that I've been wanting to get off my chest for a while, but I'll save that for a little later on. Uh, so I guess first things first, anybody that saw when we previewed this saw that we have, they're going to think, oh, they have a lot of problems with AEW, and we do, but I'm also, I'll also say, give the devil's due, the pay-per-view, there were some things I really liked about it. Some things that had me scratching my head, admittedly. I'm sure you guys, too. But, yeah. Uh, actually, I had more problems with Dynamite last Wednesday than the pay-per-view. Dynamite was to, terrible. To the point that I made a list <laughs> last Wednesday during the show. I actually, I stopped after the Dustin Rhodes-Keith Lee promo just because I was starting to get sore thumbs from, from doing it on the... Uh, I think we were texting back and forth during that, weren't we? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. I was. I, was, I didn't bother Narge because I didn't want to upset him. <laughs> yeah, the, so many things I have issues with. A lot of things from that opening match, Orange Cassidy, and I can't, I can't in good conscience call him Big Bill. It sounds so dumb. It's such a bad name. It's Which terrible. Is, yeah, but yeah, just. I mean. Between Orange Cassidy's friggin' backpack that he brings his belt to the ring with, uh, shoddy officiating, uh, <sighs> the fans. I'm kind of glad I don't have my I Love Ref shirt because it would not be appropriate tonight. You should have an I Love Some Ref shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that was Morrissey's idea. To change his name to that, but it's not a good name change. No, but, I mean he's never I've, had a good name. I've I've never I never really liked him until he came to TNA and he had got some. He, he was a lot better after I that. Was, I was digging this stuff in when he was an Impact. It was he was doing good. And then he, yeah, Impact at TNA. Well, whatever. Uh, potato, potato. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, then I guess he saw the dollar signs, and Tony said, "Come and languish on the undercard." And yeah. he said, 
But the, to be honest, he would languish on the undercard in WWE now too. Because if Omos is languishing on the undercard. Hey, almost is in a main event position on WrestleMania, Buster. Sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure that he's match gonna, will that match will last make, all of three minutes. And he'll make more money in three minutes than he has the rest of the year, probably. Probably. The beauty of mania matches, man. Nobody <laughs> asks for that. No, but I get it though. I understand why they did it. It's the I don't attraction know what, aspect of it. I don't know. I thought it would be Gunter. Uh, but sounds like they're going Gunther with McIntyre, if I had to guess, which I'm all for. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, a multi-man uh, match. Well, it sounds like they're doing a multi-man match on SmackDown to determine the number one contender. So, unless yeah. there's some horseshit, then you never know. Yeah. Speaking of horseshit, let's get back to AEW a little bit. Here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. They just random random points during this thing. Orange Cassidy's finisher is illegal. Uh, Cash got DQ for putting through the table. Referee should have counted when Cassidy went through the table. Should have. Uh, <laughs> there's the incoherent Moxley promo <laughs> when he was sitting on the stairs. It, only Moxley could get could bleed during a promo. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, what yeah. he does now, though. Get I'm sure we'll color. talk more about his bleeding here in a minute. So. Oh, yeah. Get your color, brother. Aside from the blood, I like the the uh, the atmosphere of the promo. He's kind of had an ECW vibe being on the like on the steps back there, but the, also, the mat- also couldn't understand what he said either. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get to the match. So, oh yes, I'll, I'll say I'll save my comments about it till the yeah. Uh, I have rants, so it's fine. <laughs> I, was, I did not like the ladder match for so many reasons on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> the hemorrhoid donut looked very shiny, hanging above the ring. Uh, <sighs> I like the Hobbs one. That that I agreed with. I was fine with Hobbs going over. Mm-hmm. I was not okay with the four referees at the bottom holding the ladder. Mm-hmm. Now... That being said, I don't have a problem with the referees holding the ladder, but why did you need four? And second of all, Hobbs, why the heck did you break the ladder before you went to try to climb it? Well, my issue is there was a nice fresh ladder like three feet away from him. Yeah. He could have just tossed the broken ladder away and got the fresh one. And it's just, it's not so much, and like I agree with you, so I don't mind a referee holding the ladder as long as it's done creatively where it looks... It doesn't look like he's holding the ladder. Best guy I remember doing it was, I think it was Hebner. He would like stand on the bottom rung and like point at the guy up on the ladder trying to talk to him. But he'd be standing on the on the rung and kind of holding it steady. But the production team needs to take a bath on this one because they should, they should not have shot it that way. They should have done a tight close-up on Hobbs going up the ladder so you don't see all the referees. Yeah, holding the holding the ladder. Uh, they looked like they were ducking for cover when they were holding the ladder. <laughs> like they were all like, crouched in there. I, I think it was Turner, Aubrey, Rimsburg, and Knox. I think were the the referees doing that. And Bryce knows better. He's done plenty of ladder matches over the years. So's Turner for that matter in Ring of Honor. But yeah, just it looked hokey. It, it's. I mean, you're seeing a lot more of that out of AEW these days, especially on TV. 
this and then uh and we always talk about the dumb high spots i'm starting to, i'm starting to sound like coronet menders you are and i'm kind of i'm loving every minute of it i'm not gonna lie Nothing. <laughs> uh, he didn't i i am waiting for drive through oh i can't wait some of this stuff but can't wait but no it's uh these guys are taking stupid high spots during that match uh i'm singling out sammy guevara and fucking uh andretti for that I don't know if it was a suplex or a neckbreaker or what they were going for, but I thought at least one of them was going to wind up in traction after that. They're bound determined to, somebody's bound determined to break their neck is what's going to mm. happen. And then everything's going to get, oh no, guys, you've been doing this crap yet the whole time. It's bound mm-hmm. to happen. You're going to run out of luck one of these times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, you can only, you only have so many bumps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then we talked about the bump card a lot, but it's a it's a real thing. Like when you're in your early twenties, yeah, you're like your bump card's got a lot of stamps left on it. But like you, you, I saw something the other day. It just drove me absolutely insane. It was on Facebook. It was like a a real ring, and they had like twelve year olds or something wrestling, mm-hmm. and they did a uh, like at the end of the match, they let them do a. Uh, Oh, what's the one where you take them off your shoulders into a, a neck breaker on the knee? Uh, oh, the Ushigoroshi yeah. Kodo's move. Yeah. I was like, well, if they just, you know, if they're just clotheslining each other and stuff. No, they they were doing like Ushigoroshi. I was like, okay, so you're okay with your 12 year old breaking his neck? Yeah, let's get him to do a pile driver while we're at it. Plus, those bumps add up. Like, spinal stenosis happens. <laughs> so it's just. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, all, all these guys that are taking all these, over here. all these dumb bumps, mm-hmm. and I would include the the bump that Brian took from MJF. The uh, I can't remember what's called. It's like he's facing forward and then drops him into like a that was super high on the oh, on the face yeah. of his neck. That's just a hard move for anybody to take. When these days somebody's not going to tuck enough. Lord knows that AJ Styles almost paralyzed people with the Styles Clash. Yeah, that's a pretty and simple move to take. You just mm-hmm. lean your, you just tip your head back. But it's a not yeah. a, it's not a usual bump. I remember so, he almost killed Ellsworth on TV because yeah. Ellsworth didn't know to tuck, and AJ had to adjust and save him from breaking his neck. But I mean, nobody which is shows how good AJ one. is, by the way. Mm-hmm. And if especially like in a match like that. Yeah, you're trying to get noticed because you know people are watching because it's a it's a big schmoz, but it's it's all I, I know people are like, well, less is more. But if you have like nineteen moves, you don't have to put them all in one match every time. You can you can say, I'm going to pick these ten. And then next time I wrestle, I'll add in three more of these and take these out. Like, mm-hmm. so it always mm-hmm. keeps it fresh. But if you, because if you don't do that, then you have to go stupider instead of just smarter. And stupider yes. always means more chance for getting a neck broken, getting an ankle snap, being out for X amount of months. 
Like, I know Tony is a much easier boss to work for than Vince when it comes to people getting hurt, it seems like. But that's yeah, still he's a puts, freaking soccer coach lets them do whatever they want. That <laughs> but that puts that puts the company in a horrible position because now they've invested all that time and energy into you and you're actually getting to where you wanted to be, and then you go out and just do something ridiculous, and what do you know? You got hurt. It's just I'm sure CM Punk felt stupid after he jumped into the crowd and broke his ankle. I'm sure he's just like, oh, that was really dumb. This on me. But that doesn't help, you know, when he's gone. And, you know, tearing a tricep, that doesn't help. But, you know, that was just him wrestling. Wasn't doing anything don't, don't dumb. For, don't, forget, that just... don't forget that he got fired. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like... Kenny Omega coming back, being winning the, the trios championships and stuff. Like he's not doing as many dumb things, but like in in Brian and all these same people, if I were Tony, I'd be like, Man, you guys, I'm trying to build a company here. And you guys are my guys. Stop mm-hmm. being stupid. <laughs> you don't have to be. I'm not firing you. <laughs> <laughs> You have, I want you here, but yeah, Sammy, he just does things to do things because he's young and dumb. And yeah, he's gonna bite his freaking tongue off one of these days. Well, that'll le- that'll teach him. Will that shut him <laughs> up for a minute? For a second, <laughs> then get frisky with his with his spouse on TV. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Uh, I'll tell you one guy that I liked in that ladder match. Uh, it's a guy I've seen in GCW here, and there's the Commander, the Luchador. Uh, he did good. He had the one big spot, pulled it off perfectly. It looked good. He, I think he may have landed on his feet, if I remember right. So he's a kind of guy that he knows how to control his body. There's only a few of those guys in AEW. Uh, Pax, the main one that I always come back to. That there's the guys say, that you can count on to. Oh, that... I was gonna say I was kind of bummed at who didn't make it there though. That commander took a spot. Uh, Vikingo or whatever. Uh, oh, Vikingo, yeah. Yeah, because I got to see him in person. Yeah, he was he was the one that was originally supposed to be in it. I saw him in person uh, a couple weeks ago up at Dreamwave. Holy goodness! Did he wrestle Gringo Loco in that match? Yes. Yeah. It was a four-way. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for Gringo to get his shot because he's he'll impress a lot of people when he gets when when the time comes. But yeah, that he was, he was pretty awesome. Yeah. It it uh, was a lot of spot, it was a lot of spots. You know how I feel about spot matches, but. Oh yeah. yeah. It was it was uh, good. I mean, it was, it was good for what it was. Uh, like I said, I like Hobbs winning, but. It kind of bugs me that it was another hometown guy winning, like on a whole crowd. Like I'm not sure why somebody's hometown. I'm not sure I like uh, Wardlow winning the title back just for Hobbs, because you figure if you give Hobbs that gold or brass ring or whatever it is that you would want him to actually do, and if Wardlow loses again. But so the, I mean, it's pretty much telling everybody Wardlow's not losing this, and then so what? What was the deal point of 
doing that with Hobbs. I, I don't uh, I don't understand that. But yeah. Did anybody else uh, catch the scrum after AEW? Uh, no, no, I didn't get I, a chance yet. I heard it was pretty I watched, lively though. I watched it was the, really good. I watched the MGF. Well, Hobbs came out heard a little and bit of that. confronted Wardlow. I oh, know. Yeah. During while well, Wardlow was on the scrum, so he left the hemorrhoid pillow there for uh, Wardlow and said, "You got seventy-two hours, and that belt's mine. So enjoy it while you can." Yeah, that's the I thing. Like, want Hobbs to win, but. Unless they're moving Wardlow right up into a feud with MJF soon, I don't know why they would have him with the belt. Right. I don't think Wardlow's over enough to win the title, but... Well, they cooled him off so much, it was crazy. He was off TV for, like, three months. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it felt that way. (laughs) No, I think he really was. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only other thing I really have from my list is Jericho looked like the handlebars of a girl's bicycle with his jacket <laughs> with the tassels on it. And uh, I didn't watch. Then just I didn't watch much of that, but I imagine it was good. I mean, it's Ricky Starks and Jericho. So yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about Dynamite. No, we're Jericho talking about Dynamite. First match with Pretty Peter. We'll get to uh, Revolution here in a minute. We'll get to Revolution. Uh, but now there's uh, yeah, and then Riho. I just I wrote Riho dot 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 just Riho <laughs> because Riho I can't I mean she's I'm sure she's a nice girl but I don't buy her beating anyone she's so she's about the same size as up. the blow up doll that Ibushi wrestled <laughs> she probably weighs the same too I I legitimately thought when she first debuted I thought that she was the nine year old girl that Omega was in the ring with on that YouTube <laughs> video grown up. Um, no, no. Good times, good times. Good times. Yeah, I didn't even watch, I didn't watch Rampage, so I don't know what happened there. I know Keith Lee came out in a cape. That's all I know. Yeah. Does anybody watch Rampage? You know, I, do. Um, I do on occasion when I'm home, but okay. I'm never home on Friday night. Friday so, yeah. But uh, let's get into the pay-per-view, since we're thinking about it. That's fresh in our minds. I also made a list. I didn't make as comprehensive a list here. It mainly just complaining about uh, the final burial match in name, uh, rules, and finish. Up until the end of the match, I thought it was really good. Uh, Jack Perry and Christian. Because, you know, they were actually had good psychology and they were fighting. And, you know, it's been a few we've been waiting for the end of for over a year now. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, I liked the Jack went over. I think he kind of had to. Yeah. But yeah. why, but why would they just try to do a casket match where when the guy goes in the casket, it drops into the bowels of the building with a smoke show in the hole of it. This made, does this look really, again, I, I keep coming back to the word hokey, but that's what it seemed like to me. Well, I think they're trying for different, but hokey is what happens with different. Yeah, I'm all for different, but that happens yeah. all the time at Revolution. Revolution 2021 almost ruined AEW for me with that 
fucking exploding barbed wire match. No, oh, jeez. I just yeah, I listened to Kingston on Jericho's podcast, and they were talking about that, and he said that apparently they had worked with a different guy earlier in the day, and everything looked pretty good, kind of like it does in Japan when they do it. And then like mm-hmm. their supervisor came in, he's like, "Oh, I got a way to make this look even better," <laughs> and that's what happened. Like, so I mean, things happen, but the the one the thing I didn't like was so Christian gives him the the kill switch on the dirt on the ramp, and he basically uh-huh. just no sells it. Mm-hmm. I I did like Christian's sell after the concerto where he was basically like he he didn't pick him up; he was just crawling on his hand. On basically, Perry was dragging him. Yeah, because if you're out, that that's the other wrestling psychology that bugs me. When somebody just grabs them lightly by the head and is like, oh, "Come on, get up!" You know, I just I just pile drove you and you kicked out, but you're sure gonna stand up for me. No, make them. You got to make them stand up, mm-hmm. and it goes right along with waiting for somebody to turn around, because yeah. In a fight, you're going to wait for somebody to turn around and see you before you hit them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't you just Gary, kick them in the back? <laughs> tell the people what you think of Jay Lethal's finish. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I mean, if he just did, like, anytime anybody does a cutter and doesn't use it as a finish, it bugs me. When anybody uses a cutter and it's just like some ridiculously complex thing, like, look, if you're going to be a top tier guy and use a cutter, use it in multitudes of ways like Paige did, like Randy Orton does now. It's a great move and you can make it come out of nowhere and it's going to make people pop. But like when you have to, when you have to have somebody stand there and wait for you to do a handspring off the ropes and then hit it. Just they'll they'll just move <laughs> mm-hmm. or kick you. That's the Harley Race mentality. <laughs> I heard. Uh, I mean, I, who, I think it was Shivani told a story once about Harley Race. Went to a kid and said, "What's your finish, kid?" And the guy told him it was like a elbow off the top rope, and he goes, "I'll move." <laughs> That's all he said. So he wasn't going to go for his finish. Yeah. Yeah. There's any finisher where it's just like. I remember when, what was his name? The guy who used to date Paige, the Alberto Alberto Del Rio. When he used to use that, like you put him in the corner, put him in a tree of woe, and then they had to act like they were getting up, and then he would stomp on them. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) Just if you have that much setup for a finish, then that, that shouldn't be your finish. Like it's just. But I, I overall I enjoyed that casket match. Near, at the end, what I thought was the good touches was uh, like when Jack gave Christian like a kiss on the forehead, mm-hmm. and and there were little psychology touches where Jack was like yelling at him and is like basically mad that he had to do what he was about to do, and it was, mm-hmm. it was that was good stuff. Like Jack Perry mm-hmm. has come. Jack Perry needs to send a Christmas present to Christian Cage this year, just because <laughs> mm-hmm. Christian has done more to make him 
a marketable great wrestler than anybody else could have he can his mic work has increased his character work is surely increased his in-ring work has gotten better his attention the detail has gotten better and i'm not saying christian did all that but when you're working with a guy that like christian's one of those people that when you talk to other workers they're like uh, if you want to watch somebody that knows how to do this watch christian and they're like well what's he do yeah. like well footwork this that they'll they'll just name off like 15 things that he does perfectly and you don't even notice and I think that's why I always gravitated towards him over Edge. Was mm-hmm. Edge was the flashy one. Edge was the Edge was always going to be your your Shawn Michaels. You know, I was a genetic guy. <laughs> Mark. Well, you can't say Edge was the handsome one. No. <laughs> um. Wait a minute. <laughs> he, Edge was I my favorite. Angular. I, I like Edge, but he was very, he had a very angular face. Oh, I had a huge crush but, on Edge. Huge. Which is I, funny I was like because Edge, but... now I hate long hair, so it cracks me up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I I'm, thought I'm a... overall okay. it was a, a overall that could have been much worse. It could have been a little better, but it was it it was better than my my least favorite match on the car. <laughs> so, okay. Well, uh, here's the thing. I hope Jack Perry goes to wearing tights instead of his loincloth or whatever he was wearing for Jungle Boy. He looked more believable in the jeans. I'm sorry, he did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I you should drop the Jungle Boy thing all together and just I think be Jack Perry. Too. And hopefully after, especially he will after now this. That, yeah, especially hopefully mm-hmm. now he will, especially since Luchasaurus is nowhere to be found. And I was hoping that he would done. show up at the end, or I don't know, maybe Lucha's actually hurt or something. Might be. He's been known was, to mess things up before and hurt himself. So there uh, was something about the mask, though, too, wasn't it? They were getting sued over it or something. I don't know. I'm like, well, I hadn't heard that. Pieces of it. Yeah, something about getting sued over the dinosaur mask. I'm sure somebody somewhere thought they owed money or always someone. Mark, you should be proud of me that I said Luchasaurus and not what I usually call him, but you know. (laughs) Thank you, Corny. (laughs) Now, now you can't just, you gotta say what it is. So what was the next one? I'm not gonna say it. You told me not to. I can't say it now. If you listen to Corny, you know what I'm talking about. We'll just leave oh, it at okay. that. Was the tag so, tag turmoil uh, the next uh, one? Nothing well, the first match Jericho was Jericho. Was the next one. Oh, Jericho. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was Jericho and Stark was I enjoyed one. that match. That was all was in my top three favorite matches on the show. Yeah, it was pretty good. Here's my question. Storyline-wise, why did we have to have three Ricky Starks-Jericho matches? Because... Mm. I'm sure Jericho just wanted to, to finally put him I'll, I'll over. over. I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay, fine, but I don't I... know what I don't know what Starks is going to do now. There's such a log jam everywhere. But well, maybe this is just me. If... I'm I'm so tired of Jericho. I'm tired of Jericho. 
I think that's why Chris is doing what he's doing. Like he's uh, he's starting to, he's just putting people over now because he knows that mm. people want to see him lose and because they're tired of him and it's it's so easy to give people heat or give them a rub. I and, guess, but I'm just tired of seeing him wrestle. Period. I'm yeah. tired of it. <laughs> he so needs to go away Barry for a little a, bit. Barry had a comment that kind of goes with that. He said Revolution was great for showing next generation of stars for the company, which is true because a lot of their young talent end up winning during that show, which I think was smart. Uh, but Starks, I've I've been a fan of Starks since he was in the NWA when I first saw him. Uh, I'm thinking if Hobbs wins the TNT belt, I think there's still some business between him and Starks after the whole Team Taz stuff. So maybe we can go there. I wouldn't. I would like to see Starks with that TNT title, and. Uh, have him get around with that. What about Starks going or, after Hook? Where's the, where's the heat? It's they're both baby faces. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we can switch one of them. Ricky can. Ricky I'm has not, a slappable face, so I'm not sure what Hook does necessarily. <laughs> like he just kind of comes out and people cheer for him. Like he'll throw a few he, suplexes. He rolls He's out not, of bed because he's with the hair. And, uh, yeah. Then yeah, looks like a brooding teenager, the suplexes, and then does his dad's finish, <laughs> which didn't make sense for his dad because all his dad did was suplex, <laughs> and his finish was a submission hold <laughs> that he had to reach up to apply to everyone <laughs> that he couldn't lock in because his arms were too short. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on too because it kind of <laughs> goes in with all our other segments. Uh, but I love Taz, nonetheless. I love the suplexes. Oh, yeah, I love Taz. Vibe, but, yeah. I just didn't uh, like this let's... finish. It's like I don't like Samojo's finish. So. Yeah. Uh, my other my other thought is if uh, Starks doesn't go after TNT, I, I want to see him put more time in with MJF after that little brief program they had earlier this year. Because I mean, yeah. he was going back and forth with them on the promos. The match was good that they had. And I want to see more out of, out of them. Somebody say something. <laughs> I was there going, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'm. I was just trying to think of like who MGF will go up against next because yep. I can't imagine it would be Brian again because that sixty minute Iron Man is was kind of your blow off. And yeah, honestly, they... like they should have given Brian the belt when he first came in. I I would say that, that he should have beat Omega. Like I, I think when he first came in, he should have beat Omega. He didn't have to have the belt long, but I, I think they missed their opportunity there. Because now, what are you going to do with it? Like, because you got Punk coming back, and what I was actually thinking, I was hoping, was that you would have not necessarily an NWO situation, but you got Punk, and now you have FTR coming back. They came back, you know, challenging for the tag titles. Well, then you look over at Blackpool Combat Club. They're getting, you know, they're, they're, they ain't got no friends, but they're all outside guys. They're not originals. So you could have a, you know, you could have an actual, like, war yeah. that way. You could have all the guys that have yeah. been hired in against all the and guys could, who are originals. 
and then you could make that like a year-long program of just match after different matches and then even you know even if you want to go to the point of like creative control of the company and then you could have guys you could kayfabe guys quitting and you know like you've already done and people aren't going to know the difference and that could be a really hot angle you know you just just play it straight don't have like punk come back as some like snidely whiplash heel where he's like twisting his mustache just come back being just being a politicker you know Mm. just have him say hey i who was the first million dollar house that was me who's gonna make you money and then kind of have tony be like yeah you know what you're kind of right and just play it that way where the company starts going this different little bit different direction and then you have this other group saying no no AEW's always been this and then at least it's something different and you can milk that for an extended period of time and then of course the the, the dirty heels eventually lose you know and then they can go away for a while and then you reset but it's something at least resembling and if you got FTR and Punk and all those other guys together, you have a very talented group. And so none of those matches are going to be bad. You could even throw MJF into that mix where it's he doesn't consider himself an original. Or you could put him on the original side or he just doesn't care. Because right. who's going to beat him at this point? Uh, I don't who's know. his next challenger? So you'll know. They haven't said yet. What's uh I'm with you. I think Danielson should have had a couple more matches with them before they went the Iron Man route. But think about what you were saying. And I like your idea with all the outside guys. And you could throw in like Paige and Tony Storm and Ruby in there also now they're kind of doing the same yeah, thing. Yeah, they're already doing that. And you might as yeah. well because Yeah, and then you've got this big Uber blood and guts match or something. Well, I mean, because the whole thing with Punk set it up. It, it was all the guys in the back that were originals were were upset because these guys were coming in and Dax is Dax has kind of parroted that on his podcast and Kenny in, in other interviews now has said talked about it. So if you're not moving that way, like you probably should. <laughs> it's already written for you. Just you yeah, know, it writes itself. It writes itself. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Like the Jericho match was, I thought it was good, but yeah, he, he should just go away for a while, go on tour, or whatever mm-hmm. he's going to do, not worry about coming back. A long while, please. Please, a long while. I, I do enjoy the guys in the Appreciation Society. I think they're hilarious. Like the Angelo yeah. and the cool the Magic. Ange and Daddy Magic. Daddy Magic Garcia. is hilarious. I go back but, to magic, yeah. I mean, I remember those guys when they were two point Yeah, they're not a bad tag team. Let no. them do tag team stuff. Well, was here's the tag team match next. <laughs> uh, you're like, can we just move on? <laughs> uh, we're only half hour in, and Gary's ready for bed. Uh, yeah, before we get to the next one, uh, I'm just gonna make a point. 
if you take away the ridiculous characters for a lot of these guys, they're damn good in the ring. And I'll I'll put Orange Cassidy in the top of the list because I remember back when he first was in the colony. Remember the Fire Ant and Green Ant and all them, Gary? No. And Chikara? Well, he no. was under a mask as an ant. Um, but but the underlying thing is he was trained by Quackenbush. So you know he can wrestle. Yeah. It's just it's just the gimmick is what I can't get past. But I, he can go if he if they let him go and just be a just a straight wrestler, he could be one of the probably pound one of the better technical wrestlers they've got. But he likes to put his hands in his pockets and look like <laughs> Paul Rudd and how American Summer. And also, I think you had the first ever Snidely Whiplash reference in the history of this podcast, Gary. <laughs> so, Mazel Tov. All right. Uh, let's think what's next here. Uh, I think it's Trio's match next, right? Uh, Elite yeah. and House of Black. This this was my favorite match on the show because of the outcome. I wanted House of Black to win. The way they did it was good. Everybody kind of brought their A game in this match. And, uh, yeah, I was all for it. it was, it's good stuff. It didn't bother me at all. I was excited about it. Um, I It wasn't Death Triangle. That's the best part about it. I was so ready for Death Triangle and the Young Bucks and Omega Elite to be done with the Death Triangle. So it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm fine with it. But I, I can't follow the logic of AEW anymore. I used to be able to. But There's now, logic. for some reason, well, I thought there used to be, but not anymore. So, yeah, I did. I didn't think there was much of a buildup. I mean, there was a buildup, but there wasn't much of a buildup. You're going to drop those tiles. Like she was saying, they just fought the Lucha Brothers for like nine years straight. Uh-huh. Like, and did all these crazy things, and they came out on top, and death, and uh, dark. Dark, dark black Uber. mass. <laughs> oh, House of Black. The House black of Black. Man, <laughs> House of Black. Show up and do some scary stuff and don't really like do a whole lot. And then all they just win. Like, okay. Like, I, I love all the guys in House of Black. So, and I think Julia, Julia Hart is amazing now. Like, she She's gotten so much better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once again, you work with people because, like, it's funny in wrestling. You would think that, like, oh, just because I'm tag team partners or I'm in this faction, it's not like I hang out. Like in wrestling, that's usually not the case. Like, no. if you're tagging with somebody, you're usually on the road with them. If you're in a faction with somebody, you're usually in catering, talking to them. So if she mm-hmm. is picking the brains of all three of those guys, like, even like I'm not the world's biggest Brody King fan, but he's got a character. You know he and he knows how to move in the ring, and Buddy Buddy Matthews, Matthews. Is, yeah. is a phenomenal worker. Oh yeah, he is just he's just world class. And Malachi is character wise, you're not going to get any better than that. Like he knows his character backwards and forwards. So between the three of them, she should be picking their brains all the time. I'd like to see her work. And see I don't what, think she has know, to work. I think she's, as a valet, she's doing just fine. Yeah. 
Kind of like but, a Dan, like how Cornette says about Dan Housen. He, he doesn't want to see Dan Housen wrestle. He just wants to see his character. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kind of the same way with Julia. It's kind of, yeah, Dan Housen the, is, man, that guy. I didn't like him when I first saw him in Ring of Honor, but he's, mm-hmm. he has grown on me. His his work is, it's not bad, but like his his no. promo stuff and just his character stuff is next level. Like he's, oh, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. The reason not the number one seller on PWTs for his wrestling ability. But uh, that said, I always go back to where they come up from. And he was trained by uh, Truth Martini. So he worked with like Shelly and Jimmy Jacobs and all these yeah. guys up in Michigan. So, so he knows what he's doing in there. And he actually did a hell of a job in that uh, four way tag match yeah. uh, set on Sunday, which show. Uh, We'll uh, get into here. Uh, well, I guess now let's talk about it now. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know why uh, the big uh, big fellows out there, with Sanjay still. He's. <laughs> I can't I even mean, think what his real name is. A... <laughs> Sutnam Singh. Sutnam, yeah. Yeah, Sutnam, yeah. But yeah, he was. But he made for a fun spot with the old uh, groin punch, with from from Danhausen. Which I mean, it's the most effective weapon that anybody can have in their quiver is the old punch in the groin, you know. But uh, can I well, also mention that Orange Cassidy's finish is illegal? <laughs> well, any punch is illegal, and people punch each other all the time. So, but yes, it. <laughs> Like Roman Reigns does that 19 times a match. He starts matches with it. He finishes matches with it. When he's brushing his teeth, he does it in the mirror. I'm pretty sure because like, <laughs> like, talk about moves of doom, man. Like, that's why I don't care. I just don't <laughs> care about him anymore. Ooh. <sighs> I, I guess, but, did you guys like this match? Am I the only person here that did not like this match at all? It was, it's, it was any, okay. Anytime you have that many tag teams, it's going to be a debacle at best. <sighs> and it wasn't a horrible match, but it wasn't as good as any of those two teams actually just squaring off with each other. Like, if you would have had... I don't know. What I would have done, maybe, is pre-show... You have a, a small tournament, like a two-on-two or or three-way dance, and then the winner of that goes on to the pay-per-view and faces them. But I, it was all tournaments yeah. leading up to who the four were. Yeah, I guess. And it was I don't the know. same Rules. people. The battle royal. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so the many. ones that didn't win got to be at the next battle royal. But yeah, that's, I think it should it should have just been the acclaimed and the guns straight up. I mean, yeah. that's where the that's where the heat is in that whole situation. But uh, the guns, I'm, they're growing on me. The ass boys, you know, they're, uh, they, they, they're, they're, they they're getting better. They have character. I hate the guns. They do. I hate but, the guns. Uh, yeah, but, but the uh, the big story though is after the match, uh, FTR came back out afterwards, and it only took Dax 48 seconds to get busted open <laughs> after they got into the ring. I totally uh, that, missed how that happened. How did hard, that happen? Hard way. <laughs> I, hard way, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I, like the, I said, he, I wonder if he had a bit with Moxley backstage. 
hit him right in the the eyebrow right there right, right the, the eyebrow button. yeah right on the button somebody hit him yeah <sighs> yeah but yeah i actually thought that he and moxley had a bet to see who could bleed first like when they went hey, out there moxley didn't bleed as quickly as i thought he would so see, that's, whatever well that's the funny thing about the funny thing about like fans is they're all like oh we want to see ftr we want to see ftr and i'm like you do realize that like dax and and uh cash i'm I'm tired. Yeah, Dax. I almost called him Dax and Ship. <laughs> Shep. Dax and, yeah. <laughs> Dax and Ship. Shep. <laughs> but Dax and Cash, like they were super beat up after that dog collar match. Like yeah. uh, I think Dax said he had a completely bruised tailbone. I've had like a, almost a fractured tailbone. It took months. And like if if you're bumping on that all the time, it it would take like a year. And so like I think Tony is just like, okay, you you need time off. You're beat up. Mm. And so it's like, oh, I I don't want to be wrestling. I want to be wrestling. And then you know we bring them back. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a good idea. Just let people have. See, that's been my idea for years. And if you're not going to give people an off season in wrestling. You should give everybody X amount of time during the year that no matter what, you're off. And then you work a storyline into that. Because, man, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, you're tired of Jericho. I am sick and tired of seeing Roman Reigns' face and all the, the, the just the, the whole bloodline thing. Like, I'm so glad that's ending or close to ending or whatever they're doing with it. Uh, but, like, I don't think if they so would just. <laughs> If they would just if they would just give people time off to recover, give them a month. Just you can say here's a week here, a week there, whatever. But you give a guy a month to just heal, get some PT done, go on vacation, mm-hmm. recharge. Then you can write them off TV for a month. Who cares? They'll be back. People will miss them, and then you'll have a recharge wrestler. You'll have a recharge crowd. Instead, they yeah. just keep marching the same guys out there all the time. Like, like FTR was super over when, but man, you get beat up doing dumb bumps. <laughs> yeah. And they had done a lot of dumb bumps in that match. Let them have time. Mm-hmm. They let them have time. So I yeah. thought it was a good idea. Like, yeah, you. <laughs> oh, my. Oh my! It was my mom calling me. I might have to actually answer that. Doesn't, doesn't she know we're making podcast gold right now? Yeah. Well, <laughs> just keep making that podcast gold. How do I mute this? <laughs> I I got you. Hang on. All right. All right. I will remove you for now. You're still in there, so we'll bring Gary back when he comes back from talking to his mom. So I don't think he'll be too concerned if uh, if we keep going. But first, actually, you know, let's take a pause and pay some bills, Menders. All right. Uh, what? Just, uh, hey, look at that. <laughs> look at that. ProWrestlingTees.com slash JTRPod. Yep, and uh, it's part of the iHeart collection from Jumping the Rail. There you, right there, iHeart Heels, iHeart Lazy Booking, or I don't heart Lazy Booking, I guess. iHeart Refs, iHeart Deathmatches. Uh, Let's see, I'm going to have three of the four of those here shortly. Uh, you don't heart Deathmatches, I know, so I'm going to guess that's the like one I you're said, not getting. Like I said, three of the four. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. But uh, we got plenty of shirts out there. We showed you the brand new Gary Vestelio Gary Says shirt. 
then uh, yeah, we got them all on here and uh, brainbustertees.com dot com slash long site address to get some of this stuff here. Not as much stuff we have on Brain Buster Tees as we do on Pro Wrestling Tees, but uh, the stuff we got, I think, is really uh, worth the bang for Different the stuff on Brain Buster Tees, though. Yeah. And then we're working on getting some uh, some more stuff up for our, uh, mainly for our Zero One Shootout merch, but also in the uh, in the Jumping the Rail podcast network milieu. So that's something to look forward to. And uh, yeah, so Jumping the Rail uh, I'm sorry, promosentees.com slash JTRPod, brainbustertees.com slash other slash JTR dash podcast dash network. I think is how it is. I think so. I too. could have lost the thing back up. You could have. Uh, we could have. Uh, okay, I'm see. sorry, so, but I have I beef I've beef with the gun boys, so I could care less about the guns. I could care less. I know the you have heat team, with the guns. The, actually, I just have heat with Billy, but Who? the only team I even cared about in that, I would have liked to have seen, if I had to watch the guns, I would have rather just seen the guns and Lethal and Jarrett. I do like what Lethal and Jarrett are doing. As, I would have rather seen I would have rather seen that. I get the acclaim. She get their I mean, is this what they did did as their rematch clause? Isn't that how they got into yeah. this? So yeah. that's gone now. Yeah, well, the guns got FTR now, so that's probably who's going to wind up taking the belts off of them. But uh, they just they gotta move find the something for the acclaim too fast. They do. It's a phrase I've always used when I'm talking about Tony Khan is fast food booking. It's just yeah, get it out there. Then after it's over with, then you're left wondering what's next. What do I do? You know? Yeah. Uh, the well, biggest example of that was. Uh, Think back to when Cody challenged Jericho for the title that I think it was the first full year, maybe. And yeah. right off the bat, Cody says, if I lose, I will never challenge for the title again. That's the kind of thing you build to. Right. They could have they could have done a title match on even on the first Dynamite like that debut. That's how that would be a good main event for the first Dynamite instead of having the Bucks and Omega against what was it the Lucha Brothers or. Oh, I'm sure it was Jericho because that's and... all that's all we ever get. So yeah. <laughs> it's but, con booking. So <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for a first show, why not have a world title match in the main event with Cody and Jericho? It's the two biggest names you got, you know, that people have heard of. I mean, no offense to Omega. I mean, nobody outside of the Indies or Japan knows who he was at that point. Right. That was the thing. If you didn't watch New Japan, you didn't. Who is this guy that's coming in? We don't know him. Right. The Bucks, I mean, they were in Impact. They were in Ring of Honor, so that's a little bit different. Omega was very sparingly used in Ring of Honor. Like, he would just yeah. pop up every now and then. And never on TV. He was always on, like, just on the shows, like the pay-per-views. But, uh, but yeah, so, it's just... And I remember we were going to the, I think, the most recent Zero One show. We stopped off at the Burger King, like we do, Menders, uh, me yep. and the wife, and you and your boys. And yep. we were talking about AEW a little bit, and I was talking to Bari about this. He popped up in the comments earlier. Uh, and, yeah, it's just, I said it only took three years for the bloom to go flying off the rose with AEW at this point. You know, yeah. and I'm 
I'm not knocking the talent. I mean, there's a lot of guys on that show that I'm a big fan of, going back to when I would go to indie shows and when I would watch WWE or Ring of Honor or whatever. But it's just the way they're being used. There's guys that are languishing. I, I can't say languishing on Dark and all that because, I mean, they're getting like 40-some million views on these YouTube videos. But, I mean, if I got to... It's like, as, I'm a, as a musician... You don't want to just have stuff on YouTube. You want to be playing the big shows and having a record deal and all this stuff. If you're a wrestler on a in a major company like AEW, you don't want to be on YouTube. You want to be on national television. You'll be on the main you shows. Yeah, yeah, you want to be on the main shows. And there's and there's a lot of talent in that company that deserves to be on the main shows. And I'm not going to say more than anybody else, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, look at who they got. It's, and I think they Ring of Honor's going to help with that, though. I I wish that Tony would use some more of his. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, of like the guys like Arn Anderson, uh, Dustin Rhodes. Oh, the coaches. Um, the coaches. Look at that. I mean, you had Tully in there for a while. These guys can help you tell a story and not do it in. You know, two weeks. You don't need those fast of a stories. Yeah. And, and that's where I guess I kind of disagree with Gary. I'm not over this whole bloodline thing yet. I'm no, I think I'm enjoying still it. Business to do there. Yeah, and I'm Gary's enjoying it. Gary's a little grumpy. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I place, just but... we're gonna agree to disagree on that one. But I I like I like what's happening, especially after what happened last night on Raw. So oh, man, that was such a good ending. It, I I heard. I could I can. I couldn't believe that that was done on Raw, not SmackDown, but I'm glad they did. Yeah. Well, it had to be but, on Raw. Uh, they had to have something to keep it to the end. And three hours yeah. is a lot of wrestling. <laughs> that is that is a lot of wrestling. Well, a lot of talking <laughs> and some wrestling. Well, I, I only made it a, I only made it two hours and then saw everything else later. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it looks like Gary is about to rejoin us here. All right, so I think we're leaving. We left off at the tag match. Uh. Let's get Gary back in. Gary, are you back with us? Unmute him. Oh, unmute, sir. Oh, hang on. I got you. <laughs> yeah, he's muted. There you go. You there? There he is. Yeah, um, for now. Technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, we kind of we took a pause, so we didn't miss anything. <laughs> he just paid the bills and Kind of bullshit a little bit, but we're going to talk about the Texas death match now. Uh, Moxley and the hangman. And it's about time <laughs> the hangman hung somebody with this gimmick. That's the only part of the match I saw coming, and the only part of the match that I thought made any sense at all. So, oh, the there's that. <laughs> and that was the only part that annoyed... Well, that wasn't the only part, but that was the part that annoyed me, because he didn't even do anything. Moxley wrapped the chain around his neck himself, I, come on. There were so I, many spots in that match that they set up. You could see him setting them up a mile away. And did anybody else see the razors on uh, Mox's hand when he walked out? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, oh, they were all taped up in his fingers. Yeah, they were all, yeah, his, that's how his, all his fingernails were, t were all taped up. I'm like, well, hmm, wonder what's there. Well, I, I'll just get it all out. Like, the bricks? So stupid. Like, 
So here's the deal. I know you're a pro wrestler and you can take a lot. I mean, you're already telling me you can take multiple pile drivers in a match. You can take steel chair shots. But if this happened in a regular match, one of those and you'd be done. That's great. Whatever. I'll suspend disbelief. But if if you've ever seen anybody get hit in the head with a brick, like you remember that match in Mexico where the guy threw a cinder block at the other guy on for real and almost killed him? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you used bricks and you they didn't they pile drive one guy on it or do something like head first, I thought, on those bricks. Yeah, something he set the bricks up like vertically and then did the uh, I think it was a pile driver on them. I don't remember. But, and then of course he kicked out, and then Moxley hits him in the head just with a brick. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Which was yep. yeah, which well, would theoretically kill the guy. Like and then Hangman decides to, I don't know, almost kill himself on a on a bump to the outside that he barely oh, rotated that... enough through. Uh-huh. Through the through that door or whatever it was in the barbed wire. You're using barbed wire. The only person that ever took a real barbed wire spot was Moxley when he went to the outside because it was like sticking to his pants because they Mm -hmm. took barbed wire and they were like running it down each other's backs. No blood. Nope. No. (laughs) Apparently because nobody else has ever actually handled barbed wire (laughs) or got caught in barbed wire because they apparently have never lived near a farm. They, yeah, say you know, <laughs> that doesn't well, happen. So, or how about where he abulled the but and where he abulled uh, when Moxley abulled? Uh, yeah, you got it. I can't talk. <laughs> I forked him when he got forked him. He got fart. and he's like scraping him really hard. It looks like he's really scraping him, and then nothing. You know there. why? Because he didn't Abdul him. Because if he would really Abdulled him, he he would have been bleeding. Yeah. Because Abdullah yeah. didn't play. Yeah, right. Exactly. At very least, at very least, homicide. Yeah. The <sighs> homicide like these, the uh, the old ghetto fork also. That the. But there were just so many like the spots where they were like wrapping barbed wire around their leg or their arm, and it didn't just didn't work because like it, it's barbed wire. Like there were so many just spots for the sake of spots. Like I mm-hmm. get Texas Deathmatch. I get that there's going to be blood. I understand that, but if you're going to have blood, like, the things that make you bleed should be things that always make you bleed. If you're going to get raked with barbed wire, you should be... If you're going to be in that match and you're going to say, oh, I'm going to be hardcore, well then go ahead and be hardcore. Mm -hmm. Like, you think Terry Funk and Sabu wouldn't have rather had fake barbed wire or barbed wire that wasn't going to cut the crap out of them? Right. You think those two would have much rather done that than be so tangled up with each other that they just had to say, okay, match is over, and cut them loose? You think Mm -hmm. Sabu wouldn't have been much more happy with not having to super glue and tape his arm shut so he didn't bleed to death? No, I'm sure they would have been ecstatic if you would have told them, (laughs) hey, you don't have to do this because we can make it look real without making it real. But if you're going to be like Texas Deathmatch, now we're bleeding. Okay, don't get me wrong. I think it's dumb. Like I, for a while when I was a teenager, I was all about death matches because it was new. It was something cool I'd never seen. But once you get to the point in like Big Japan when there was like Scorpion Pit, Trapeze, oh, death matches, 
and Heated there was pool of lemon juice. And then there was like anything Onita did, where it was like an island that exploded for some reason. <laughs> Or the match where the whole ring was on fire and it lasted about 35 seconds and they realized it was so hot they couldn't breathe uh-huh. and they all got burned. Yeah. Trial but, and error. Let's chuck it up once, trial and error there. Once you've seen those, you're like, okay, so if these guys have done this and that was dumb, these guys can do this because it's not nearly as dumb. And then, you know, you just have all these spots that just kill any other spot after that it's mm-hmm. just yeah. yeah don't uh don't get me started on how tk just totally insulted onita over the years but, <laughs> but that's yeah. another story for another time i guess uh i like the page one to kind of get back on topic moxley didn't need the win i think page needs something uh I did like uh, Paige's music. He's got the Ghost oh, Riders I, I, in the Sky now, which I thought was cool. I'm hoping he keeps the music. I hope and he I'm loses hoping, the glittery attire. I'm hoping yeah. he gets. I'm hoping he just gets hit in the head with a brick every week. Just, <laughs> just somebody. That's his spot from this point on. Somebody just hits him with a brick. And he Take that, yeah, yeah. kid. So you might as well. You might as well just go down that path because. Just, and yes, I agree. Butterflies off his jeans. Clinton, yeah. Clinton Smith, I agree with you. I mean, you get hit in the head with a brick. I mean, I've talked about it. I don't know how many times, and it's probably sounding like a broken record. But yeah. you already suspend so much disbelief watching wrestling. You have yes. to some, even if because you know it's fake or predetermined that you have to suspend the disbelief to watch the match and say, hey, this guy might actually win this. Mm-hmm. When you start doing things where it's just people know that that is an impossibility. Now, don't get me wrong. Mick Foley got thrown off of things and got up. Looking back, mm-hmm. even he says that was a dumb idea. <laughs> but he broke a bunch of stuff. Lost teeth, yeah, lost memories. <laughs> And then the rock hit him in the head with a chair a bunch of times, and he, you know, he almost lost the memory of his children. So, right. yeah. Now I'll, you're going to have, have a, what can go wrong? You're <laughs> going to have a bunch of guys that like start using bricks or cinder blocks or whatever it is. They do already do that stupid chair chair spot where they put the backs of the chairs together, and then you, oh yeah, that's going to kill call, somebody one of these days. I call that the necro spot. Yeah. <laughs> Well, trees do that all the time. Well, of course he did, Mark. Of course he did. <laughs> what, else, what else did Necro do? He would sit in a chair and just punch somebody in the face. Ah, uh, the bar because fight. Ne- yes, the old bar fight ne- spot. Because Necro, he was a heck of a worker. <laughs> well, like she plus he was a tough guy. He would, he would, he would run around in bar in glass and thumbtacks and Legos and army men with bare feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's just stop stop pushing the envelope with stuff that is making you a what superhero. You're you're already basically superheroes as professional wrestlers. Because you're taking things that most people are gonna get knocked out by. Like if you get slammed hard enough, I've seen people get slammed on pavement, basically body slammed and be out. These guys just take it and get up. They're, they're already mm-hmm. pushing the envelope, and then you have matches like this where 
these aren't 300 pound six foot seven guys that can take more abuse because they're just a giant human being yeah these are just regular they're not regular sized dudes they're big dudes but like the stuff that they were doing you don't have to just do all of that that's why i never liked death deathmatch stuff it's just oh we're gonna put them through even more glass light tubes and we're gonna do this like why 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 <laughs> why are we doing we, this uh... where's the story and they'll try to tell you there's a story, but it's just you're suspending disbelief. You're stretching it so thin that you're forcing you're forcing your own hand into like taking it to that next level. And that next level will eventually kill somebody, mm-hmm. or somebody is going to uh... pick this up on the indies and decide this is a great idea and kill mm-hmm. somebody. Oh, damn. About uh, a year and a half ago, we had Alex Cologne on the podcast. It was I remember that. Alex is a, he's a deathmatch guy in GCW, and he was very adamant that he doesn't he didn't look at deathmatches in the conventional way. He didn't want to seem like he was just using light tubes for the sake of using light tubes. Like he wanted to try to make a a story out. He wanted to try to he tried to put psychology into into death matches, and if you look at him as opposed to say, uh, and I don't want to name other names because fuck they'll hurt me, uh, but he was actually pretty good at it. If you watch his stuff in GCW, it wasn't it wasn't just like the bell rings. I'm gonna grab a pane of glass and a weed whacker and just come charging at you. Like he would yeah. start with like wrestling, and then the weapons would come in, and. Cologne's also a damn good wrestler, too, away from the death. He won best of the best one year. So it just goes to show, you know. It's like the old saying goes, you can't be a good deathmatch worker till you're a good worker. Which, yeah. nine times out of ten, I agree with. On the big, on mean, the bigger stages, anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with blood in a deathmatch, because you need to have it. But when you bleed all the time, that takes away from that. Because you've already bled just working a match like it yeah well speaking of that how many times did people get flipped off and during this pay-per-view i got annoyed with it it was like a bunch of fourth graders who just learned what that means yeah exactly (laughs) it was really annoying (laughs) it does kind of remind me of like does kind of remind me of early ecw too though where they would just cuss for the sake of cussing. Yeah. And like they asked Taz and he just went on an expletive filled rant. They had to believe everything out. That was pretty funny. But then eventually it became like, okay, like I get it. People swear. You can swear. Good job. Woohoo. Now, so proud well, of you. <laughs> but you've overused it now. So. Well, Shane Douglas couldn't cut a promo without even fucking every other word. Well, and I love Shane Douglas, but yeah, his promos were sounded like Morse code if you watched it on TV. Yeah, but I digress. Uh, let's get into. I think all we have left is the main event, right? Nope, uh, nope, nope. No, wait, no, we got the women's match, don't we? There you go. Uh, not a lot to talk about there, except for the aftermath. I mean, the match itself was okay. 
it was for but, what it was, it was fine. But when you have a Fabergé egg in there with Soraya, mm-hmm. you can't do a whole lot. No. You could tell she's still. I mean, she she did fine, but you could tell she's not taking a whole lot of risks out there. No. And uh, yeah, I'm fine with her not taking risks until she figures out what she can do. I don't yeah, want her to see her taking with you. like pile drivers or anything. There was a bump yeah, where she I, she at the end of the match where I, she landed pretty rough. Yeah. And she seemed to get up, so that was good. I would rather yeah. have her around, especially if I'm Tony Khan. I need I need her around for a little bit because she gets hurt again, then it's absolutely worthless. Yeah. And then you're going to be, oh, well, you gave her a chance to wrestle again and you, you know, crippled her or whatever. Good job, Tony. You know, so that's <laughs> not what you want. But the, the end of the match was be that guy. The end of the match was. I sort of saw it coming. So it was it was a decent swerve. I, I think yeah. Ruby is a much better heel anyway. Yes, I'm not I so agree. sure about Tony Storm. Being a better heel, I'm not a but she's fan. not a horrible heel. Paige, I've always thought was a good heel, so maybe they can do something, but they need to do something with it. There needs to be an actual story behind it, not just we're the mean girls or whatever. No, there needs to be an actual something with it. Yeah, I think Tony could be a perfectly good third banana in this group. I mean, Saray is the she's she's the flair of this group, just for name recognition and all that, but. But Ruby is kind of their kind of the, the workhorse, I think, out of these three. I th- I think what would be great would be if you're going to go ahead and do like originals or whatever. You have um, Jade doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I would have Ruby get into a program with her, and then screw her out of her title. I'd have Ruby end her streak, and then have uh, Jade finally move up. But then be on Britt and uh, Jamie's hater yeah. side, and then you can figure that all out after the dust settles. But yeah. you got to get something gone done with her. I mean, I'm not. She's still pretty green, but she is. Yeah. She is a draw she, at this point. Yeah, and she's getting better every week. Every every time she's in there, she's getting better. Uh, actually, I did find out uh, through my Facebook and internet research, which take. From that, what you will. Apparently, she was supposed to lose uh, oh. the title to Statlander before oh, really? she got hurt. That's who I think so, should come back and join Brit and Hater. Yeah, if when I she's want healthy, back. I think that she'd it'd be a big pop. I think because she's I do good. too. Mm-hmm. Now that she's yeah. lost the whole alien gimmick and all that stuff, and yeah, kind of being herself, which kind of goes back to what I was I saying remember. before about the goofy gimmicks. I remember watching her back in the Indies and actually when she beat Orange Cassidy for the um, one of the independent belts and it was up in Chicago and it was really good. It was actually, that was when I actually started to like Orange Cassidy for a hot yeah. minute and then this happened it cooled and <laughs> it cooled off real quick. <laughs> yeah, I still but, yeah. get the backpack. I, he looks like a moody college student. Yeah. With a shiny belt in his in his bag. Yeah. But the, I digress. All so right. we go into but, the uh, match that we all paid to see. Uh, Jake Lander wasn't on this show, Manders. 
I still don't pay for Jake Lander. Let's go to the match you that I paid for. His to see. <laughs> I d- uh, yeah, I did. That's a story you need to listen to the J- the Zero One Shootout to get more info about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Iron Man match. Uh, I thought it was great. I'll just card it on the table. I think both guys did a hell of a job. Uh, MJF, I, I know you like MJF. Love MJF. Absolutely he, love him. <sighs> I I he loved did, the. He did, uh, every, he did everything he needed to do. I saw some people saying that he couldn't lose a fall, and I thought that was dumb. I just, I knew that he needed to not win clean. Mm-hmm. Is all he right. needed to do. Right. I I loved the get DQ'd and then immediately pin him three times to to get up to on tie it up like early yep. on in the match. It's just brilliant. It's just the oldest trick in the book when it comes to one of those two out of three falls Iron Man matches. But uh, and then the tap immediately love- after. After the time finishes and you tap, then yeah, yeah, so you can mm-hmm. get out of it. It was great. I I love that he won with the label lock. If that's not just a big, a th- I like a theoretical middle finger, not so much the real ones on this show. But, I I uh, like the I like the little stuff in the match, and I know Taz was all over it because he didn't think he should be drinking water. But I thought it was uh-huh. funny that MJF had water outside the ring. He had things set up. Because he had pre pre planned it, he was he was wasting time as much as he could. He was doing everything a heel should do. He yeah. it showed that he could he could move. He showed he was tough. It he was selling the absolute crap out of that knee. Mm-hmm. Um, still was selling it at the end of the match, even though he didn't tap to the leg leg lock. It was still like. He uh, never stops the sell. Brian, at the end of the match, did, was still selling that left arm, just not working anymore. Yeah. He was hardly using it at all. So, I mean, that was all really, like, that's what you, in an in a Ironman match, like, that's the, if people would look at an Ironman match and shrink it down into a regular match, then they would see what you need to do in a regular match, because you you section that Iron Man match out into like four or five different matches, and then you say, "Oh, well, they didn't have to use all their spots. They didn't use all their spots. They used the spots that they had to use in the in the moment, and they did things that they did normally wouldn't have done, or they or they wasted a little bit of time. But man, like, waste some time. Yeah. Do that if it makes sense yeah. in the match." Prime example is Sammy versus Roman. They were just staring at each other and circling. And it was just like building minutes. tension. It was like six minutes. <laughs> and I wasn't I wasn't mad at it. I wasn't either. No. Because it just builds it was... tension. It's dynamic tension. You're just waiting for it to snap. And when it does, it's just it's a bigger release. And that Iron Man match works that way. Like they there wasn't a fall. F- for like what almost a half hour 20 minutes i think i think well, it was 20, minutes, 20 minutes i'd say and then you know mjf got the two back and then brian they were doing that stuff on the outside where it was really good and then like the jumping tombstone through the broken table and there yeah. was just some pretty heavy spots was... and the best like 
if if he would have hit him more, I, I don't want him to hit him in the head, but the jump, the diving headbutt that busts MJF open is the only spot that made total sense during the night for somebody to believe. Yeah. Because I've seen people yeah. knock their heads together and just get busted wide open. And I don't know how he bled so much so fast. <laughs> Unless that water was caffeinated that he was drinking like the whole time. Maybe just, it wasn't water. <laughs> had, had aspirin, <laughs> like liquid aspirin in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's My one favorite thing part... that bothered me. Oh, okay. Can no, I say ahead. what bothered me? Yep, you sure can. Uh, I want to see if you agree with me on this. Uh, Max puts... Daniel Danielson threw a table with the elbow on the floor. There was no disqualification. Theoretically, he should have gotten DQ'd for that. Yeah. Because a table is is a weapon. Well, you probably should have gotten and DQ'd for tombstoning him through the table. That's Yeah, anything involving a table, that should have been a DQ. I, I like... Uh, Bryce Rinsberg did a phenomenal job as a referee. I'm a big Bryce fan. I do, Every do now and tan. then he gets kind of... What? Dutant had to be like in bad shape after that match. Oh, I know. Just for that That's... one where they were doing all the pins in the row. Oh yeah. It was just one, two, one, two, one, yeah. just slapping that mat all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think my favorite spot in the match was uh, after I think after the tombstone through the table, Bryce is checking on Danielson, and Max grabs Bryce and throws him back in the ring and makes him count. It's like don't check on him. I want to count out, you know, which is yeah. logical. Yeah. I don't think that was Tony's doing. I think that was Max and Danielson putting I, that together. I was going to say, I think it was Max and Danielson. I don't think that had anything to do with Tony. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I don't Not think probably. Tony puts together matches. He just puts together he just, cards. He just finishes. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, so I, my favorite... Oh, no, oh, go ahead. Yes. No, no, go so ahead. My favorite, my favorite part of that whole thing... Well, I'm not going to say my favorite part, but one of the parts that made me pop was when, after MJF threw the drink on the kid, and he goes (laughs) back in the ring, (laughs) and then he goes back in the ring, and immediately goes right back out. I'm like, killing time. I love it. When he rolls back Mm -hmm. out, he says, oh, wait. Ah, Dave, does this mean I'm going to lose a star? And then says, (laughs) "Yeah." well, I guess I'm not going to win the Brian Danielson award this year, and I'm I died. I about died. I was so yeah. excited. I thought that was great. I'm like, I love MJF. That's all there is to I, it. I'm not going to lie. I, when, I, when he first jumped through the water on the kid, I'm assuming it was water. I don't think it was vodka or anything like that. Uh, well, I don't think it was vodka, but I, I think... Uh, it might have been I, tequila or something. It might have been... Well, know. it was whatever his mom was, whatever that lady was drinking. Right. Whatever so, mommy but, had well, in her I, cup. Yeah. But... <laughs> But I honestly, for a split second, I thought it was a kid in a wheelchair <laughs> that he threw water on. He's and I was like, oh. yeah, it would have been even better. It, it, yeah. Well, now they're saying, uh, okay, so I'm gonna go. I know you guys didn't see it, but the scrum. Well, you said you saw the MJF scrum, and he was talking about later my during that as Tony saying, yeah, I had a stern talking to with him in the back and the entire time he's just eating his kosher dill pickle and rolling his <laughs> eyes about, yeah, we had a discussion about it. I'm like, Oh, I love this. I love all of this. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the few heels that I actually feel like I can get behind 100%. I want him to roast me and I'm going to be fine with it. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dallas is my buddy, you know, but, uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, overall, uh, not a bad pay-per-view, not obviously not a great one. I mean, they've had better, uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the show overall. I mean, it's easy to nitpick little things and I do that all the time anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, and also it wasn't as late as I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> like I was worried I about being in San longer. Francisco that it was going to go to like 1230. But it was it wrapped up right at eleven o'clock, which is right at my bedtime, so I was good. And uh, yeah, so I would uh, I would give it a shaky thumbs up for uh, for Revolution, kind of thumbs in middle, thumbs up, kind of going back and forth. Mine would be here. Mm-hmm. Had the Jericho match and the four way tag match not been there, it would have been here. But it goes here. And most of this, the reason it's not here is because of the main event. Uh, there's one thing also when they were talking, they showed the buildup of the of the main event when they were talking to like Shivani and Excalibur and all the people backstage. And I'm a big fan. I wish they hadn't shown Malenko because oh. uh, you know he he's, looks so bad. he's just, he he looks and it's Parkinson's is a ass kicker you know and just i don't i don't know i mean i'm not i can't put myself in his shoes but i wouldn't want to be seen like that if it was me but i don't know dean's a tough guy maybe he's just like yeah show it you know maybe you know it's like how michael j fox does press conferences without taking his meds maybe it's the same deal but it it looked rough and that's hard to see because dino was always one of my favorites back in the day uh but i just wanted to get that out there it's you know, just my just my take. Uh, there's something that I've wanted to do for most of the time of this podcast. I never I've never gotten around to it, and I'm going to I'm going to do it now. But uh, I generally have an issue with a lot of wrestling fans for many multiple reasons. And anybody that follows the uh, Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Club page knows that about. Two years ago, I put up the Ten Commandments of Wrestling Fans. There it is. All right. Look at that. I even put effort into this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, and I've never discussed this on the show. So I figured it would, why not? You know, you know, just, uh, it could be, it could be interesting. So we're going to start with, and that's just going from one to ten. Number one. Don't call other fans marks. It makes you sound like a mark. Oh, wait. Hang on. I forgot my graphic. Lord, I shall give these laws unto thy people. Hear me. Oh, hear me. All pay heed. The Lord, the Lord Jehovah, has given unto you these 15. Ten. Ten commandments for all to obey. Well, uh, whoops, I've already broken your first one, Mark. Sorry. <laughs> it, ha- it has less gravitas when I forget and put it on after the first uh, first one. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it always bothers me. And it's not just because my name is Mark. But, right. yeah, it's like, come on. It's, uh, it makes it, it's know-it-all wrestling fans. I know it's funny coming from me. This kind of bother me. Uh, let me see. So 
so yeah, I mean, it's not, it's kind of right up there with uh, fake, his words I try not to use when I'm talking about wrestling. Every now and then it pops out, but uh, like other F words. But uh, <laughs> it's good, it's good food for thought, just to think about. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I, that ship has sailed. Okay, number two here. Don't refer to wrestlers as jobbers unless you have worked a match. Until that happens, they are enhancement talent. It's <laughs> Gary. Man, you're, you're calling me out, out here, Mark. I'm not. I guess I got to switch some things up. There's a lot of enhancement talent now. Yeah, there is. There are. <laughs> there is, but it just it's just the way that people use the word jobber when they're talking. It just sounds like just sounds like an insult. It's just, come on. I mean, yeah, they're doing a job, but it's yeah, it's just. Come on, it's be cool. <laughs> Maybe it's you can only. Don't, use I don't it want you to feel like you're company. backed into a corner, Menders. What? <laughs> you can only use it in certain company. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe just don't do it to make yourself sound like you like a know it all or, or yeah. a smarty. And don't say it around Bill Demont. I I've heard <laughs> that that is a fool's errand. Yeah. Uh, oh. Looks like we're going to lose Gary. Gary, you go do what you got to do, man. And yep. uh, we'll talk will. to you soon. Yep. See you guys. All right. See you, Gary. Right. Gary. All right. Yeah, so. Yeah, wow, Gary this feels familiar. Yeah, thing pop up. <laughs> That's and, fine. Should we switch the backdrop to? The... No, no, no. We're on jumping the rail. We got, we got, we'll deal with this, that tomorrow yes. night. All right, all right. All right, let's move on to number three, Menders. Uh, hopefully this doesn't uh, get you too much. Don't do, say, or chant things to heels that could potentially make them baby faces prematurely. I'm looking at you, people that sing along to Jericho's <laughs> music. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It's, it's That bothers me. I want them to change Jericho's music just so they can't sing with him. I want Jericho to come out to no music. Well, yeah, but they'll still I sing would... it at him. Yeah, I know. That's because, and I think that may, I may get into that later. But yeah, they, <laughs> uh, I mean, if a guy's trying to be a heel, and I know Jericho, I, and Jericho's, for all intents and purposes, not a heel because he's still getting cheers and all this stuff. The only real heel right now is MJF, and even he wasn't a real heel until about three months ago. Like, Here's it wasn't until after he knocked have, out Regal. Then you have people like me that appreciate what heels do. That appreciate what yes. heels do. Oh yeah, and, me too. I'm, but I'm with you. but I'm also not going to chant something that's going to get him cheered. I'm going to sit back no. and enjoy everything that he's making Just all these other bask people in feel. the heelish assholery of a good heel. Exactly. I Gotta think bask in the assholery needs to be a t-shirt. <laughs> do it. It wouldn't be any worse than some of the other ones we've came up with. <laughs> that, that's very true. All right, number. four. Four. <laughs> don't try defending wrestling to people that don't care about wrestling. They're not worth your time. That's the This truth. might be the best piece of advice I can offer you. <laughs> You're not going to convince somebody that thinks it's fake or it's phony or it's corny or You're it's not. lame that it's that it's not. Yeah. So, you're not. Yeah. You can try. Yeah, but, but it won't it's work. like I said, it's just a it's a fool's errand, you know. Yep. So just enjoy it. 
enjoy it with people that enjoy it. Talk about it with people that like talking about it. It's just that simple, you know. Yeah. Uh, number one, two, three, number five. If a wrestler is forced to retire due to injury, don't call them a quitter. It really makes us look bad. Uh, this goes back to when Edge retired originally in 2011, and I would always see people on the online saying, "Oh, he's a quitter. He, he didn't have the heart to keep going. He had a fucking broken neck, and if he yeah. took a bad bump, he could have been in a wheelchair. I mean, come on." Do you remember how hard he cried that night? Even when yeah. Daniel, even when uh, Daniel, whatever you want to call him, right? Um, when he quit, I saw the or, same thing when not when he when quit, he but retired. when he was forced to retire, he cried. This, yeah. this with is Paige, these guys' Paige. lives. Yeah, it's their when she retired, lives. same deal. It's just come on. It's like yeah, it's not all fake people, but uh, no, it's not. The outcomes are fake, but they take very real risks in the ring. Very and, real risks. And we talked about the bump card a little bit and. Yeah, it's it's a real thing, the bump card. You know, once it fills up, you know, you gotta You're done. Just use your head, you know? Yeah. All right, number yeah. six. If a spot gets blown during a match, do not chant, you fucked up. Seek <laughs> commandment number two for reasons why. Which I'll call it out, but have... I, won't, I won't chant, but I will call right. it out. If you don't remember commandment number two, if you haven't been in the ring, don't call somebody a, yeah. a, a good job. So, yeah, if you haven't been in the ring, you don't get to call people and chant you fucked up because it's it's lame because i want to see you do it yeah right exactly <laughs> that's basically what it comes down to it's like if you think you can do better go try you know yeah. there's schools they'll train you yeah we know of one in edgewood <laughs> yeah a very good school the zero one dojo yeah i'll tell you if i had the money and the time i would i would have gone in there and, and, and bumped a little bit yeah i all I mean... right there we go. Number seven. Don't try to get yourselves over at or try to hijack live events. Some of us are trying to enjoy the show. Yeah. This is a big sticking point for me. And there's a guy during the on Dynamite during the Cassidy uh, Morrissey match that was cheering like crazy, but the whole time he was looking at the big screen, watching himself yeah. cheering like crazy. Come on, jackass. But, okay, I'm gonna point something. Go ahead, because I want to point someone something out when you get done there. Does it pertain to this particular commandment? No, so we'll get we'll get past the commandment. But there was something that happened okay. on the show, or I saw on the show. I can't remember if it was during the sh actual show or during the pre-show. Okay. So. All right. Number eight. Do not <laughs> chant. You can't wrestle with the talent in the ring. Again, see commandment number two. Right. I'll That's, agree. Those, yeah. Even like. Back in Cena's heyday, when they would chant, "You can't wrestle." He clearly can because he's making a lot of money at it. Yeah, it's that's just there's a word Bubba, uh, Bubba Ray uses: greatness, hate. Talk about whether it's Tom Brady or LeBron, or and I'm not a big fan of LeBron, but Jordan and Flair and Charlotte and all these that they get hate just because you know they hate us because they ain't us, as the old cliche goes. Yep. Which I think goes to that a little bit. All right, number nine. <laughs> this is a little wordy. Don't assume that everything that a wrestler does or says on the show is a work. You'll just look foolish when proven wrong. Furthermore, don't believe everything you see in the dirt sheets. They're usually full of crap. <laughs> wrong? Issues? Nope. Not wrong. <laughs> Not wrong. And and I'm going to also say there are some reputable wrestling journalists out there that actually do a good job of get their information right. But then there's your... Meltzer's and 
what have you. And you know, Meltzer's not wrong all the time. Not always, but sometimes he makes wild assumptions. Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) I love your wife. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I think I'll keep her. You might? Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Ready for number 10? Yep. Don't overthink everything you see. Just sit back and enjoy. Uh, Oh, I'm so guilty. So (laughs) guilty. That's the thing. That might be the hardest one to to not break because everybody overthinks everything. I overthink it and I might throw my thoughts out there on occasion. But for most of the time, I just sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah. So that concludes the Ten Commandments of Being a Wrestling Fan. (laughs) Okay. If If the music were closer to the actual pictures I would have done that after every one but... <laughs> no what I was going to uh, ask you did you happen to see the green sign and I don't remember if it was during the Orange Cassidy match there was a sign though that had a target on it and it said throw him here <laughs> that was I, on I did. I saw the target I didn't read what it said but yeah I know <laughs> which one you're talking about it said throw him here I about died that was so funny that one that's one of my top signs that I've seen at Ada. I'm so glad people are going back to doing signs. Yeah. You know what? Uh we're going to throw to another segment, and that's actually a great segue for what we're gonna do next, Menders. Okay. that fancy very fancy <laughs> so it is time for the jumping the rail hall of fame this week and talking about the the sign that had the target throw him here i think it makes perfect sense that this guy is our inductee this week ah, he's from the east bam bam bigelow who was east. not opposed to throwing people a great distance in ecw nope <laughs> particularly spike dudley right well spike, Poor spike. Well, everybody likes throwing spike yeah, I was gonna say everybody threw Spike, yeah. but yeah. I loved Bam Bam. He Bam was one Bam. of my yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. Hi. Like I, I feel like platter. he was really. <laughs> I feel like he was a little underrated, honestly. I think he was very underrated. I mean, I'm just put it this way. Look at like when he was early on. Look at that. They put mm-hmm. him teaming up with Hogan like right off the bat when he went to WWF. Yeah. But he never. I know you would have rather been somebody else, but I well, I'm saying I wouldn't tangle with Bam Bam before I tangle with Hogan. Right. Bam Bam was the first guy I ever saw that had tattoos all over his head. Me too. Like, period. Not just wrestlers. I mean, people in general. Yeah. I mean, I know one man gang had him on like the sides, but Bigelow had like the whole skull covered with with flames. Yeah. must have hurt like a bastard. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I don't have any tattoos, so I can't. Me either. To that, so. Much less yeah. having them on like the head. Just from shaving my head, it feels very tender. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine the tattoo needle up there. Uh, here we go. I'm... You see Bam Bam with Andre in the Survivor Series. Uh, Bam Bam I was love... the last guy on their team in that match. Remember that, Menders? Yeah, I do. 
even Hogan got eliminated before Bam Bam did. So they had high hopes for, for him, it seems like, early on. I remember when sure. he was a Luna. Oh, Luna, yes. I love yes, Luna. Yes. Luna's so good. She'll be in there someday. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. In Japan, teaming up with oh, Vader. Oh, jeez. <laughs> if that's not a scary-ass tag team, I don't know what is. Look how young they look. Holy oh, I know. goodness. And They're Vader never looked babies. young, per se. No. <laughs> Now, this was, I want to say, mid '90s, early '90s. In New Japan, like they were little babies. Yeah. Well. Well. Just the picture. Big babies, if this was a life-size but... picture, you'd think otherwise. Well, yeah. yeah. But. Yeah. Then the uh, the biggest thing that ever happened to Bigelow. Yeah. Right there, LT. LT. You know, a lot of people shit all over this match. I'm I, WrestleMania 11 is my least favorite WrestleMania menders. Uh huh. But. This was probably my favorite match on that show. Because I don't even L- remember L- what the card was, if that tells you anything. The only thing that's notable was uh, Brett and Backlund in an I Quit match. Uh, okay. Uh, Sean and Diesel for the title. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Luger and Davy Boy against the Blue Brothers. Yeah, you're not getting match. any better here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Jarrett and Razor was okay, but there was a lot of Gaga in that match. But mm-hmm. this one, and there's a lot of Gaga in this one too, obviously. But uh, right, LT but put this the one work needed, in. I say it needed Gaga for what yeah, it was. LT, it needed Gaga. Uh, LT busted his ass in this match, and there you see the actual match here. Yeah. Uh, I think Mongo's first appearances in wrestling was uh, in the build-up because Steve McMichael was on LT's team. Yep. Uh. I think Vince actually wanted to sign Mongo, but he wasn't ready yet. He might have had, he might have already been talking to Bischoff by that point. But, uh, but yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. Everybody was all up in arms about this one. That was the main event instead of the title match. But LT was in '95 was probably the biggest sports celebrity in the world in the country. Yeah, I was gonna say he was. It's it's almost as Almost as good as when Ty or uh, yeah Tyson, Tyson came in, yeah, yeah, because yeah. LT had, I think had just retired like the year before. That sounds before right. Yeah. yeah. Now the period, my favorite time for uh, Bam Bam was in ECW. There you get the triple threat. There, I have the T-shirt yeah. in my trunk. Uh, like the OG nineteen ninety eight triple threat T-shirt, which is freaking awesome. But. Nice. One of my favorite stables of all time. Definitely my my favorite act in ECW. Uh, like I said, I love franchise Candido's. You talk about underrated guys. Candido is definitely one of the most underrated guys in yeah the history of the business. We'll see, and then I got to meet Shane Douglas too when I went up to um, when I went to see Dreamwave. He yeah, is so cool. You, didn't you offend him by telling Raven that he no, was Barry the face did. of ECW? Barry did. Oh, Barry did. Okay. Barry did. It wasn't. It wasn't me. Okay. It well, actually wasn't chance. me stirring the pot. It wasn't yeah. me stirring the pot. Nice. Yeah. Well, Shane and Francine are both going to be at the Square Circle Expo vendors. Yep. So that'll be I'm cool. Excited. I haven't met Francine yet. Shane's a great guy, though. I met. I talked to him for quite a while yeah. last year. We just had a, like an actual conversation. It was. It was cool. Well, uh, he was right next to Raven's table. So yeah, he was next to Sabu when I was there last year. Yeah, but he was right next to Raven's table. So we were talking to him while Raven, while we were waiting to see Raven. So yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, I got a picture. Uh, I don't have it in the, in the queue, but when I took a picture with Shane, he had the 
replicas of the U.S. title, the ECW title, and the NWA title on his table. And when he took a picture, he let you pick one to hold on to. Oh, that's so I got a picture. So I got a picture holding the ECW belt with, with Douglas. Actually, with Douglas and Sabu, he photobombed me. But uh, <laughs> I only wish it was it was this belt though. It was the like the one that Taz had in '99 that I took the picture with. But this one was my favorite one here, the '97 '98 heavyweight title, which is yeah. one that Bam Bam won from Douglas in '97. And led up to my favorite ECW match ever, which was their rematch in November to Remember in '97. Yeah. Right, be- right before Bam Bam rejoined the Triple Threat, and then had the run with Taz, uh, going through rings and ramps and all kinds of things, which I was a really fun storyline. I'm sure. Yeah. But you know how I feel about death matches, but you know. <laughs> well, those weren't really death matches. It was an FTW death match. It was. It wasn't the same. It was false count anywhere. But I digress. I don't think they planned on going through the ring, by the way. It was. Uh, it just happened? I think it might have just happened. I don't know. Uh, but knowing Heyman, it might not have. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bam Bam finished his primary big run in WCW. There he is when he was uh, part of the Jersey Triad with DDP and Canyon as tag champs. Canyon. Using the old Freebird rule. Yep. And. Another guy, we talked about Candido Canyon's another guy that yes. really doesn't get his due. Not at all. Nah, Canyon a, was so good. Yeah, they called him the innovator of offense for a reason, Menders. They did. He was, ugh, I like Canyon. Yeah. But yeah, I think in, in my head, and I think in a lot of people, Bam Bam will probably go down as one of, I, he's one of my top three big men of all time. Uh, but uh, Probably. He's probably one of mine. In all honesty, because, yeah. yeah. I mean, Andre aside, Andre is kind of the, the automatic number one. But yeah. I put him up there with, like, Yoko, Zunda, and Bossman, who are my top three. <laughs> you just named off my top three. <laughs> That's <Really>? hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Nice. When you all said right. the big guys, I was like, all right, well, yes. you've got Bam Bam, Andre, See, and Yokozuna were the reason, three that I went to. So There's a reason we do podcasts together, Minders. We, there has to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, congratulations to the Beast from the East uh, in the Great Beyond. He is our latest inductee into the Hall of Fame. We'll have another one in two weeks. Uh, going into WrestleMania, I think it'll be an interesting one there. Uh, so now that we have that out of the way, it's time. Because, you know, it's it's Tuesday, Menders. It is Tuesday. So, uh, do you hear something? I hear... I Am I nuts or does that sound like Devontae Knox's entrance music a little a bit? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to, I was dancing over here a little bit. All right. So it is time for Top 10 Tuesday. And I, I, I kind of gave you the Iggy on this one, Menders, because I figured you'd you have did. some thoughts. So our topic this week worst heel turns. Uh, yeah. It's I, just... I'm interested to see where you go with this because I haven't told you any of the ones that I came up with. So I'm interested no. to see how. Yeah. How much we're in sync with each other. Yeah. This will be interesting. Uh, there's been a 
There's been a lot of great heel turns back in the day, Menders, but there have been some yeah, great real doozies. <laughs> but there's been some terrible ones. Yeah. All right, so we'll start with number 10 here, going to TNA in 2010. Uh, Sting. This was right at the start of the Hogan-Bischoff regime, and they decided mm-hmm. to make Sting a heel for no real reason. Uh, they wanted to make him a heel a... to make him a heel. That was it. Yeah, but uh, he had a, about, I don't know, that's a year run as a heel, I think. Mainly going uh, with Van Damme for the heavyweight title and Jarrett, as you see in the picture. Yeah. It's like he, <laughs> I'm going to take a wild guess, he waffled him with the bat in this picture. Probably. More than and likely. And now he's telling him a riddle. But, uh, but yeah, so it kind of, it went up until, you remember when Immortal happened? Uh Hogan's group in TNA when it was like Hogan and Bischoff and Jared and Jeff Hardy and all those guys like were taking over the company. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about the time that it stopped because it was revealed that Sting and Nash were right about Hogan all along because they had been kind of feuding. So yeah. then they went up being the baby faces there. So, I mean, good long-term storytelling, I guess on the whole, but just, it seemed like such a random turn to begin with. Yeah. And that's and that's no. where, you gotta have yeah, a this reason isn't necessarily, to heal. Yeah, for some, for a lot of these that I picked, it's not necessarily about their heel run. It's just about the actual turn that they did to get there. Right. But there's some where it's just an awful heel run. But I digress. Uh, number nine here, Powers of Pain, WWF in 1988, it's Survivor Series. This was a double turn because Demolition turned babyface here. Yep. And, uh, Gosh. and they wound up taking. Fujian is their manager. Here's why it's on my that. list. And in hindsight, it was awesome. But if you watch the video of it, the fans didn't realize what happened. They thought that Fuji turned babyface. Yeah. If you look at them. Because when Demolition came back after the match was over, they were booing Demolition the whole time. It <laughs> wasn't until they did like the box set about 15 years ago that they piped in the cheers over demolition coming did. out. Yeah, Cena knows all about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the Powers of Pain are better as a heel team anyway. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. given. I mean, just from their run with the Road Warriors and NWA. But just the way this, they did it, they should have made it less vague who was doing what. Right. I mean, if, if you watch it, I mean, Fuji opens the ropes and costs demolition in the match, so it makes sense that he would be the heel, but fans were so wrapped up in it that they just assumed when when Barbarian Warlord went and picked Fuji up and brought him back over to the babyface side, they assumed that that meant Fuji was turning babyface. Yeah, nobody so bought that they were turning. Yeah. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, so number eight, and I had to pick one for this guy because there's so many. At the giant in WCW. I have, I have on my list the Big Show. Uh, Eighteen million turns. <laughs> yeah, just because I had to pick one, I picked the second time he joined the NWO in '98 uh, yeah. during the Wolfpack era, because literally there was no build. Like the week before, he was teaming up with uh, Luger and being a uh, being the smiley baby face, beating up the NWO. Then the next week. Uh, Nitro opens with Nash calling out the uh, NWO and 
here comes the giant with his NWO t-shirt on. It's like, what the hell? What happened here? <laughs> like, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Sounds kind of kind of familiar, you know, if you think about what goes on these days. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was, I think, the giant's, let's see, started as a heel. His first actual heel turn, but his second run as a heel in WCW. Right. Yeah, because he started Vince as got a heel. Him and, yeah, he started as a heel. He started he, as Andre's he, son, remember? I was like, yeah, well, and then Vince got a hold of him, and he became a revolving door. But, you know, it is uh, what it is. It is what it is. All right. Number, 10, 9, 8, number 7. The total package, Lex Luger. This is when he turned heel in 1989. Uh, after the Flair Steamboat stuff was going on, Flair turned babyface after, after the trilogy with Steamboat when he won the belt back because he was starting his run with, uh, with Funk that led to the I Quit match. So for some reason, they took Luger, who was like, aside from Sting was their hottest baby face at the time, U.S. champion, uh, like right. he was going to be their Hogan, you know, and they said, we'll switch him heel and put him with, uh, and they put him with Steamboat for the U.S. title. And I think we had about a year maybe eight month run up until up until sting got hurt when because remember sting was supposed to go with flair after he got kicked out of the horseman right. but he tore up his knee so then yeah. they switched luker back to have him go against flair but before that he was he had the uh he had a match that i really loved with uh brian pillman and howling havoc for the u.s title which was pillman i think, I've I think. Seen that. and we talk about guys having their their breakout performance even if they don't win and that was pillman mm-hmm that night because he was still very new with the company but yeah luger's always been a, a pretty good heel but yeah it just seemed like they were just doing it for the sake of turning him but just because flair wasn't was going babyface yeah and then uh, wyndham was gone otherwise i think if wyndham had still been in the company he might have stayed and and done that but i don't know yeah who uh, knows yeah yeah all right number six and this one uh it, it it makes me chuckle more than anything. Ray Mysterio in 1999. Okay, if this tells you anything, to do I don't even remember him being a heel. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, it might have been 2000. As uh, around the time of the New Blood, so the filthy okay. animals. You see him there. Is uh, is after? <laughs> no, it was. I've got the wrong year. It was 2000 because Eddie was gone. Because the filthy animals was originally. Kidman, Conan, Ray, and Eddie. Ah. But by this point, Eddie was gone. Okay. And uh, before we talk about the dumpster fire that is Ray's outfit here, <laughs> yeah, they were basically just like, they were like Russo's like pit bulls. Like they would just, I think they buried Flair in the desert on one episode of Nitro and stole his watch. Oh, jeez. And then see, this, at one point, this they, is when, let's see, 99. Okay, yeah. This is when WCW was going, yeah. to, it was going to dumpster was fire anyway. Flying down the crapper. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so they were just fodder for like Nash and Sting and all your big baby faces, Hogan. And, uh, yeah. And then also, this, I don't know what Ray's doing with the horns on his head. <laughs> and he has no mask. Looks, That's not right. Yeah, this, not this right. is after he was unmasked. <sighs> no, what's not right is that he put the mask back on. Right, I know. Conan I lost know. his mask in the mid-90s, and he never put it back on again. 
I Ray know. doesn't do that. <laughs> That's a soapbox I've been on before, and I would like I could easily jump back on again, but I won't. Let's not. We don't need to jump uh, the rail. <laughs> no, no. Uh, number five. Uh, this was just really burned my bonnet when it happened. Yeah, oh, I, I have him on mine too. 2010. <laughs> just awful. And to Cole's credit, he did not want to do it. He was against the idea, but you know, it'll be great TV, pal. You know that kind of thing. <sighs> Go away, Vince. And, <laughs> and then he beats fucking Jerry Lawler at WrestleMania. Right. Right. I mean, come on, why you why do that to the king? You know, and and the king was already he was still the heel commentator. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> Barry and poor Brian Danielson every at every turn it was it was ridiculous. He had the coal mine over the plexiglass box that he sat yeah. in Freaking to idiot. protect himself from Lawler because Lawler was always trying to kill him for good reason. Yeah. Now, he did pull some good facials when he was getting his ass kicked. Well, uh, I would, comes to I would mind is when, good facials, too. <laughs> well, I just I just remember when Lawler pulled him by the tie, like, into the wall of his cube. And then they yeah. just did a close-up of his face smushed up against the glass. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so that, that was okay. But, yeah, just, I never liked the idea of play-by-play guys being heels. Color guys... Mm. Please, that's that's fine. Yes, you know Ventura yes. and but the play-by-play guy's got to be the voice of reason, right? On the show, they got to tell right. the story. They got to be even-tempered. Even Joey Styles, even might not be even-tempered all the time, but he was, he was always like he would put over everybody like where they needed to be. It exactly. seems like the only they... babyface, the only babyface Cole put over during his heel run was Cena. Ugh. Well, and I'm sure that came from the higher up. So. Probably, but he was the Mrs. Buddy the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just, just silly. All right, uh, number Your four. Your next one. Uh, uh, number, actually, is a return appearance. Number four is Sting <laughs> from WCW in 1999. I had I had uh, Sting at WCW, not at TNA, so. Uh, yeah, but this is when Hogan had just gone back to the red and yellow was the world champ. And uh, they had Sting beat him for the belt with hit him with the bat and all that stuff, and then he was yeah with uh and that and it lasted all of two months, right? Until until uh, I think Halloween Havoc. I think they had a, the belt was vacant because they did that stupid finish on I think it was Fall Brawl where Hogan just laid down for Sting and Sting kept his belt, and then he wound up just saying I didn't. Then he wound up. Maybe facing out of that. Didn't turn Hogan heel, mind you. But then Sting said, I don't want it this way. And he threw the belt down. Then he wound up losing it to Goldberg, I think, at the end of the night. And it wound up being vacated. And and then that's when, like, Hitman got it. Yeah. But, no. hmm. then, then Hitman and Sting went around with Sting as the babyface. But, yeah, it was like a maybe six weeks of, yeah. of heel work with him and Luger. Trying to tell everybody Hogan wasn't to be trusted because he was still he he drove the Hummer that tried to kill Bischoff. It was some ridiculous story out of that. Russo and then what? It wound up being sting all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. shit stain. What? <laughs> Kudos, shit stain. corny. Shit stain. <laughs> oh, corny. 
I had to All get right. a corny so saying in there at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. So you had this on your list. The ninety nine Sting heel turn. Yeah, I had the, I had Sting okay. WCW uh, heel turn. All right. So is this, is this one in the Michael Cole the only two that I have no. that you had? Nope. In Big Show. I have Big Show and Goldberg. Wait, oh, wait, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, never mind. Uh, I'm, let's move I'm on to number three. Line. Number three. Stone that Cold, was my number one. Really? That was my number oh, one. Oh no, I yeah. got two. I got two more that were just as bad. This one, if you listen to Austin talk about it, he said that he could have. He was given the option to to audible this and uh, wind and turn around and stun Vince and close the show as a babyface, but he wound up sticking with the plan. Which, if he would have done this and then given Vince a stunner in Texas, I think <laughs> he would have gotten over huge. Yeah. Because Rock was on his way out. Yep. Because he was going to do uh, see the Mummy Returns Hollywood or Scorpion things. King. I forget which one. Hollywood. Rock things, was yeah. doing Hollywood things. That's right. So, but they still had a really good army of heels with Hunter and uh, Angle. Uh, well, didn't the, Hunter the get hurt sensor. right around this time, though? He got hurt after this. This was because after all, it wasn't Turner, long he after and Triple H won the, the tag belts. Well, as it was a two-man power. Yeah, because after this at Backlash, those two won the tag belts. Okay. And they had all they had all the belts, and then the month later, Triple H tore his quad, lost the IC belt. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but then I knew it was they right did around the whole that alliance. Time. He Austin had a, actually had a really good face turn during this right before the invasion pay per view. The uh, remember when he went to the pool hall and then had to come back during the big brawl on the last Raw before invasion, and he came yep. back and it was like the old Stone Cold Jim Ross was losing his shit, and yep. then to like six days later turned heel again and joined the <laughs> alliance. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've I never got behind Steve as a heel. He's He's a natural. He didn't change anything really about what he did. No, but it was who he, he aligned himself with. The wrong with. guys. Yep. Yeah, he was aligned himself with Stephanie and Shane and Heyman and. Yep, uh, it was who he aligned himself yeah. with. I still think I wish the alliance would have not happened. It would have just been WCW and then ECW had their own group. Yeah. In well. that invasion thing, it would have made. But you know, I'm, I'm not the book. But. For, I'm not sure that there. Yes. Okay, I know that there was a lot of stars in ECW. I get that, but I don't think there was enough nationally known stars to make that work. No, uh, it would have been like if they would have done it now with Ring of Honor guys. Like there'd be right. the indie darlings that everybody, that the indie fans remembered. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I'm with you on that. All right, number two. Uh, this one. I almost had this at number one, Menders. Okay. Dusty Rhodes when he joined the NWO in '98. Yeah, I I now, didn't put it on there. I didn't. I don't have that one. Now I I get the story. Dusty broke Scott Hall in at the start of his career and everything, but I had never seen and this is before I had really seen any of Dusty stuff in the AWA, so I never seen him as a heel. Ah. This was really weird to me. You know, he was polka a dot. great heel, because <laughs> he teamed up with Dick Murdoch as the Outlaws, and they were like ass kicking heels in the seventies, right? And then when he went to Florida, he became the American Dream, and 
super baby face. And that's what he was for the whole time that I had been watching him. Right. And yeah, it just, he just looked, he didn't look like he fit with the NWO. He's kind of the same thing I thought about Kurt Hennig. Right. Uh, which Although I almost seen... put on this list for when he turned on the horseman. Well, yeah, but I've seen Kurt as a heel though. That's the difference. Yeah. Plus I, I wanted Kurt to be in the horseman. Well, I could understand that. Yeah, because, I mean, I love the NWO, but I'm a horseman guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that was Definitely. It's, it's kind of like a... I think that was an instance of Bischoff throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. And that, unfortunately, did not stick. Well, that was... Well, I mean, again, that's at that time when things were switching in WCW a lot. That was pre-shit stain, though. Yeah, I know it was pre-shit stain, that was but it was still... Yeah. Still. Uh, yeah. Because I think Dusty, I think the heel run for Dusty lasted maybe six months. Yeah. Because by the time Bischoff, by the time Flair beat Bischoff to become president, which is an insane <laughs> quote to say, uh, Dusty was celebrating with the WCW guys again. And, and nobody said anything. They Nobody had mentioned it. So yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. all right. It's time for my number one. Uh. Okay, my bad. Russo. <laughs> classic classic yeah. Russo, you know. I yeah. Think Russo wanted his Hollywood Hogan moment. Yeah. And yeah. can we talk about Eric Bischoff's gray hair? <laughs> it looks terrible. <laughs> it, it looked awful. It was so bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole yeah, situation. Goldberg. Yeah, he... Um, Basically, was beaten up. And the same deal. He didn't. It didn't last very long. Right. Before they switched him back. Yeah. But yeah, just. Yeah, he just the crowd just shit all over it when it happened. And okay. Yeah. So, I, yeah. 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 I've got three honorable mentions. Okay. That I think need to be mentioned. Honorably. Honorably. Uh, Rikishi. Oh, the running over Austin? The running over stuff? Austin. Yep, because okay. what was the freaking point? And then, <sighs> I'm showing my age. So, and I know we didn't have a whole lot of, but, you know, you think 80s, early 90s, you had all the valets. Mm-hmm. The worst heel turn for me was when Dusty's Sapphire turned oh. and went and joined Million Dollar Man. Yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. That wasn't even... I don't know if i call that a heel turn. That was just Ted DiBiase taking advantage of a sweet old lady. I I get it, but <laughs> you said heel turn, but, and she went from being a but No, no, I, I'll, 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 I'll allow it. I'll agree with it. And then one more, and okay. it's Jeff Hardy in TNA. Yes. The aforementioned immortal storyline. Yeah, when uh, he was just basically a knockoff of Raven. Mm-hmm. That belt was atrocious. That <laughs> his version of the world title it looked like the yeah. Divas title. It was purple and had the. It was, yeah, it was yeah. awful. Everything. I'm. I am so, not a Jeff Hardy fan. You know that. I've I've made that pretty clear right. on this show. So yeah, it's like yeah, no. I'm not even a big Sting I, fan, and I was got to see him with yeah, the title from. I'm not a big Sting fan. And I think a lot of that, though, is because I was a WWE girl. So, well, 
WWF growing up, but yeah, yeah, because well, I had I'm a horseman guy, right? So, so your WCW and nemesis was Sting, right? Exactly, and I mean I had a couple others that you never thought were going to turn. I, I mean I yeah. even had like Sergeant Slaughter on my list. Oh yes, when he joined, when he joined Iranian, when uh, yeah. the whole Desert Storm was going on. Yeah. Now, and, now he was already a heel when that happened, but. But that's what the big pushed turn it was when more, he turned but... Iraqi sympathizer. Yeah. Yes. But and no, that's a, like that's I a had good like one. random um, Tatanka. I even I even had Jr. When Jr. <laughs> turned heel. Oh, that was bad. That was terrible. I'll throw another. Uh, what was the other one? I had another one. Damn it! Oh, I had Brutus. The the, I... I had Brutus the Barber too. I'll tell you one I've got that I forgot all about. I literally didn't think of it until just now. Uh, Jim Duggan in WCW when he joined Team Canada. <laughs> Shaved his beard off and cut his hair. Can you Is see it on what's there? on the very top? At the very top? That's all. I see. Oh, <laughs> wait. Now, I got I to gotta disagree with the Road Warriors, though. The Road they Warriors? They took Dusty's yeah. eye? No. No, 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 no. That wasn't not that point. It was when they were trying to make the Road Warriors heal and the crowd wouldn't let them. They were just basically beating up the wrong people. Um, when was this? WWF? Late, yeah, it was WWF. And they were trying... I'll have to look it up for was you. Had, was it when they had draws? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, it's like Maybe. you said, there's plenty of choices for bad heel turns. Well, in any heel just... turn that happens and the crowd won't let it happen, it goes back to your Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. See? It goes back to your Ten Commandments. If somebody wants to be heel, yeah. let them be heel. But we know that doesn't always work. No. Like the fans wanted Roman to be heel for years, but Vince waited until like like two years ago to finally pull the trigger on it. And now he's doing right. the best work of his career. Right? Why did... <laughs> Listen to your fans once in a while, people. Yeah, yeah. We all saw it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I still wonder what would happen if they would have ever turned Cena heel. <laughs> it still aggravates me about the whole reasoning why behind on that one. Mm-hmm. I, I get that they wanted to do it for all the little kids or whatever, but hey, guess what? Yeah, Who buys the merch? Merchandise. It's okay, the way, but it's buys the the merch. They didn't want to lose. They didn't want to lose the Make a Wish stuff, I think, too. Okay, that's fine. But, Whatever. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's just their reasoning. But he would have been a, he would have been the most overheal in the company. He would have gotten that Roman heat if he would turn heel oh, back in the day. If not hotter. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So that concludes top ten Tuesday for this week, Menders. And I think that's a good time for us to say goodbye. We're right at the two oh seven mark here. Before we go, Especially we're going to pay the bills. Especially since we had to do this again, again tomorrow night. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, slash JTR pod and get all of our, uh, well, most of our t shirts on there. Brainbustertees.com. Uh, we got more, uh, cool stuff hoodies, stickers, hats, fanny packs, uh, Raglan shirts, t shirts, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, you can, uh, check us out tomorrow on the Zero One shootout. We're gonna have, uh, I don't know if you call them senior official for Zero One. Uh, yeah, Jason let's Pepperton. do that. That'll be fine. It makes it sound official, makes but it he'll be joining official. us tomorrow to talk a little bit, and then uh, 
we'll talk about what's going on on Thursday night in Edgewood. And then uh, and we're going, right? Two weeks. We're going, yeah. Uh, okay. And then in two weeks, I think, uh, if I know what the date is, in two weeks, it's, uh, oh, here's my calendar. So it'll be the 14th. 21st. 21st. Okay, so let me see. I got to check something here. So we're going to basically, that'll be our last step. That's the last episode we got before WrestleMania. Okay. Because every other week. So so we'll probably yep. talk a lot about Mania. I, I'm thinking about uh, doing a, a YouTube exclusive, like WrestleMania, like special. We're talking about old Sounds Manias cute. and all that kind of stuff. We kind of did something similar last year. I don't want to do it again. We'll uh, get you and Gary, maybe see if anybody else wants to jump in with us on it. But we'll figure that out down the road here. So uh, we're going to go ahead. We're going to. We're going to call this one a show. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, you can find us on Audible, Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon. I think there's a couple other ones on there. Uh, but I never, and I never say this, I'm an awful podcast host. Uh, if you listen to us on the Apple podcast, give us a subscribe and, uh, and a review. That kind of helps us out. And uh, yeah, so do that. And then uh, until two weeks. Uh, for the departed Gary, who will uh, he'll be back with this in two weeks. He had to cut out early, so good thoughts to him. And uh, and for Menders, this is Redman. Uh, reminding you all, life is hard, work stiff, and follow my Ten Commandments. See you later. <laughs>